everybody. I'm Lauren. I'm Emma. And you're listening to The Oak View. Hey, Emma. Hey, Lauren. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. That's awesome. You know what I want to say? What? I think people should give us a like, a follow, and a rating on Apple Podcasts. You know why? I agree. Why? It actually helps our podcast. If you guys follow us, give us a download, rate our podcast wherever you have your podcasts. That really actually helps Lauren and I make better episodes and continue to do outreach to people around us. Even better, send it to your friends. Send it to your friends. Send it to your mom. Send it to your mom's friend. Because the the more people who are listening to this who do not have direct contact with me in my everyday life, I think the better because then I will be less embarrassed. I think it will make me feel like we're making a difference, like this episode that we're about to get into. What are we going to talk about? Just like we talked about earlier, I am so passionate about being in the STEM STEAM field that I kind of want to tell you about, tell you, the listener, about this really important topic called the dream gap. Let's get into it. Okay, research shows that starting at the age five, many girls develop this really self-limiting belief and begin to think they're not as smart or capable as boys. And why is that? It's because they have limited resources and support that they need to continue believing in themselves. Okay, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a fact. It's crazy. And I will definitely link all of our resources at the end of this episode. But I just wanted to talk about this because surprisingly, Barbie, the doll, the toy, and the organization has a huge initiative that is global that is actually talking about how we can close this dream gap. Can we talk more about what is the dream gap? Is the dream gap just the idea that girls starting at a very young age, earliest as five, start to become discouraged in what they can and cannot do? It's a little bit more than that. So like current research shows that most children see the world and their abilities similarly at the age of five, regardless of their gender. But sometimes in the year after, between five and seven, girls specifically start to believe that they're not smart enough. They're not capable. They start to disengage in certain activities because they think it's just for boys. And I mean, that makes perfect sense if we think about the world that we're living in. Absolutely. And it's all about a cultural stereotype. So we often hear that there's this promotion of an idea that actually being intellectually gifted is a male quality. False. Correct. Because no matter what, It's so subtle, too, and we can do a good job at showing and verbalizing to young girls that it doesn't matter who you are and what gender you are, your dreams matter. Absolutely. And I think a good point to make right now is that, you know, there is a lot more social awareness of this today than there was even a few years ago. So we don't need to spout off a lot of examples proving this to people. People are already aware, you know, we put girls into a box. We only give them nurturing toys um, when they're growing up. Well, boys get spatial learning toys. So like Legos, building things, you know, clothing, everything, you know, that puts you in a box. So girls get hearts and flowers while boys get sharks and science shirts and NASA shirts and this and that. All of this is limiting, and it's really, I think, to drive home the importance, these things that you learn at a young age define you for the rest of your life. And part of, you know, taking this initiative to talk about this topic and address it is just to raise more 
awareness, but also to give some feedback of like, what can you be doing? How can you encourage the girls in your life? Why is it so important? Because these girls are going to grow up to be our future and we need more girls in STEM, in politics, in every leadership opportunity that there can because we are severely underrepresented, especially minorities. Absolutely, Lauren. And, and you're, you're hitting all the key points. But I think there's a lot of people out there who don't understand that there are simple ways that you can combat the dream gap. Yeah, let's talk about them. Earlier, like we're saying, you got to intervene at the earliest of ages. So well before they even hit six, we have to reinforce this belief that they are capable of anything and it starts with play. Yes. It's all about showing them positive role models through play. That's why Barbie is such a great organization. Shout out to Barbie because she is not only creating more diversity in her toy appearances through culture, race, body type, but she's also showing a diversity in career paths, architecture, Mm -hmm. engineering, doctors, astronauts, scientists. There's no limiting factor as Barbie used to be and to what she is now. There's another great toy company that's fighting this initiative for having better spatial toys and learning engineering toys for girls. It's called Goldie Blocks. Uh, Major plug to them. I've been following them since they were pretty much a startup on Kickstarter. But basically, you know, they went into a lot of research. They're, They're striving to change the toy aisle, right? So it's not just the pink nurturing toys for girls. And they've did research, you know, that kind of gears it towards girls. It's not only for them, but it kind of has, you know, girls are better at reading at those younger age. So it's a storybook and it goes along and you build a machine or you build certain DIY crafts or whatever. And really just fun, positive outlet, fun colors going on. And, you know, your child is able to build code, you know, learn all of these things. And now they've expanded it and they have like online camps and all of these lessons. So if you want to follow them on social media, a great source for like if you want at home activities to do with your kids about science or show them some fun videos with, you know, women in STEM and STEAM. And I think on top of not only identifying those specific things that kids can play with to create, to build, be active, is to showing them that there are brilliant women out there who are brilliant at what they do, right? And look like and them, look right? Like because them. representation matters. Representation is is so important. Not only in, like I said earlier, about culture and race and body types, but about, you know, your lifestyle, your family dynamic, um, encouraging and actually seeing that a difference can be made because I am exactly who I am. And that is even beyond good enough. But I also think it's a key element here is that, like, we're not just asking you to buy your child a science kit or a doll that represents science and engineering. We're asking you to understand the importance of encouraging purposeful play. So you're using products that encourage imagination, expression, and discovery, but girls can also explore those dreams through the process of playing. Absolutely. So being at home and having role models in their lives that support them instead of saying like, oh yeah, women can be astronauts too. You change the mindset to women can be astronauts. You change the mindsets to women are astronauts. Correct. Because they are. Yeah, absolutely. Girls should be able to play at coding and tinkering and building or baking or taking care of a baby doll, but at the same time have a chance to imagine themselves in any role. 
Like, it doesn't matter. You know, kids can do both. Kids can be both. Absolutely. Women can be both. We don't have to put ourselves with any box or any labels. And part of just encouraging at a young age just gives children a broader opportunity to be successful than not limiting them. I think some good resources that I'd like to shout out are um, NYU and UCLA are doing a storytelling research about the Dream Gap school curriculum around the, uh, the nation and globally, uh, researching how issues can be prevented through the world and how we can research their potential just by changing the curriculum and the, and the things that we offer to students and young children. There's also some other ways that you can really support your young child by actively looking for those extra activities, those extra resources of groups that you can join that encourage those types of play. But there are plenty of uh, locations of information that you can just start to challenge, you know, how you usually would raise young girls. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. A lot of it is just like, how, how do we speak to young girls? How to react to their wanting to try something new or start a new club or anything like that or a new activity? Yes. How do we respond to right. that? How do your family members respond to that? Do children know that they can do and be anything that they want? Or are you telling them that that's only for a girl or that's for a boy or whatever? Because that those things have to stop, basically. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of people who have the the larger argument that the color pink versus the color blue automatically divides gender, right? I don't really mm-hmm. care for that opinion, but I know that sometimes that's really important to families to make that distinction. But I think the key element here is not just simply changing the color of your child's toys, but rather that you're being a cheerleader. You're in their corner. You're encouraging them to try whatever they want. And honestly, I would like to say if I wasn't in a home and an environment that said, yep, try that, you know, you're good enough for that. I don't think that I'd be in this position to say support in your environment at home is a key element. And this is, you know, I mean, we're not just like spouting off our opinions here. I mean, this is this is researched and, and proven. Obviously, we're not parents, so like we can't tell anybody how to talk to the trial. No, but. absolutely not. That's not the that's not what we're saying at all. But that it is important that we unlearn the lessons that we were taught from our parents and For our sure. grandparents. The world is changing. And an article that I really thought was important for us to talk about, Lauren, is that uh, Dr. Jennifer Hartstein, she's actually nationally recognized as a child, adolescent, and family psychiatrist. Um, She partnered with Barbie and the Dream Gap to provide these key simple steps of watching your words. How do you talk to your child when it comes to telling them what their dreams are and what they can achieve in their life? Providing examples of how they can feel validated. Do you have role models? Um, Show your daughter that women are leaders, they're in power, they're scientists, they're engineers. Um, Focus on the effort. Research shows that focusing on the outcome increases the likelihood of commitment and determination. Also embracing failure. Mm -hmm. You're not going to grow unless you fail. And then ultimately the support, right? We want to have the family that loves and cares about us support us in a young age. I liked, you know, embracing failure and celebrating the trying. Celebrate the fact that you tried and you didn't get it. 
is a way to embrace failure and say that it's okay. Like, you know, because things are such a big deal at a young age that kids can be really down on themselves. So letting them know that just trying is the best thing that they can do is a way to encourage them in the future. I agree 100%. I think it scares me at times when I think about the statistics of how young these girls are when they're likely to not be given a science toy or be taken seriously for the dreams that they have. And their own mindset gets put into play that says, you know what, I'm actually not as smart as so-and-so. I don't really qualify to be in the really, really smart group because I'm a girl. And there's no need for that. Not in this 21st century. No. Um, I'll shout out another resource, Girls Who Code. Great to follow on social media or get involved with a good online free organization that will teach basic coding skills because computer science is a major booming industry that's severely lacking women and and a good resource there. Can you repeat that? The name of them? Girls Who Code? Great. I love that. I didn't know about them. Yeah, they're super cool. I think um, if they're, you're looking for a place to give your monetary support, She's the First is a local organization that makes sure that girls are educated, respected, and heard. She Should Run encourages girls of all ages to pursue leadership roles in politics. And Step Up, Inspiring Women to Inspire Girls, is a teen organization to become more confident, to be college-bound and career-focused. So there are plenty of areas that not only you can learn about, but you can find a limitless potential in the barriers that we're trying to break. Absolutely. Another part of why this is like super important to me is that I have... A young niece who is six, who loves science. Aww. This girl is creative, she is smart, and she loves science. I am doing my due diligence as an auntie to make sure that she has all the resources that she needs to not only grow to be a kind, young, powerfully minded human, but that she's aware that she can do anything. Absolutely. And so if we could talk for a second about girls on a global basis, not just in the U.S. here. Girls on a global basis get less education in third world countries and other countries where boys are sent to school. Um, Girls at a certain age have to stop going to school. Girls are unable to go to school if they're on their periods, are not able to pursue school after the age of 13 or 16, or unable to seek higher education like going to college, etc., Um, And all of these are barriers on how to close our gender gap on a global scale. And so there are many foundations fighting this. The Gates Foundation has a few things that are combating this. And this is important because when we empower girls everywhere, girls need to be educated so that they can give more to society so that those civilizations can expand, can grow so that they can be heightened in standard of living and in the countries where it's applicable, get more involved in higher government, you know, it's proven that when you have more women involved, your society as a whole is lifted up, right? You're going to have better outcome in your crops, your farming, better home life for these families. You're going to lift the poverty gap. 
you're going to grow your economy, everything like that. And it's amazing that combating these things at a young age has a larger picture involved. Absolutely. I think it's really challenging when we limit our scope of work to only the community around us. We need to acknowledge that girls around the world are suffering from their lack of opportunity, the resources, and just the support. We as people in STEAM and STEM know how essential it is to do outward reach, actively going into different areas, talking about what we do and why we do it, and showing those young girls, doesn't matter where you come from, these opportunities are beneficial for everyone. Mm -hmm. And in technology fields, having a diverse team actually reduces bias in your coding, in your programming, in your applications, so that they can be used by everybody. It's making products better. It's giving a better visual. And those are the things, these are the companies, these are the technologies that are lifting our society, that are bringing us up. This is the technology of the future that's being made right now. And if it's not being coded with everybody's in mind, then we have a big problem. And that's going to be limiting. And that's going to, you know, keep people below a certain line and standard of living. Absolutely. A 2018 survey talked about how being brilliant is somehow associated with males. So right now, there's 40% of bosses and managers are female. If we don't have... I think it's lower than that, isn't it? Is it lower? Okay, then this one may not be up to date as much as I would like okay, it to Okay, so be. I was reading the World Economic Forum. So they that's the association. They put out a global gender gap report every single year. Um, I'll read you a little blurb from this. American women still struggle to enter the very top business positions. Only 21.7 of corporate manager board members are women. Similarly, women are underrepresented in political leadership, but 21.7% of managing board members are women. That, to me, just frustrates me. I mean, did you know that there's more CEOs named James than there are women CEOs total? No, I did not know that at all. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that like... That's ridiculous. I don't have like the source for that. I read it on equalitycantwait.com, which is funded by the Gates Foundation. You know, I have to say, women make up 37% of the candidates for architecture licensure currently. So just to give a, a, an explanation of what that means is that me being a graduate student of architecture, I fall into a category because I am pursuing my licensure. I have to meet a certain amount of hours to get that licensure. There's only 30% in the entire architecture community that are women who are on track for candidacy. So the, the likelihood of that fulfilling its duty, and I'm making this point because at a young age, we're told that we can't do both, right? We can't mm -hmm. be a working mother, have a family, and have a social supportive life. We have to choose. So at a young age, for girls to have to make these big decisions, which they don't need to be making big decisions, they just need to be encouraged that they can pursue the dreams that they have. Yeah, they can do what they, they want. They can do what they want. That when they get to this age in life, 
there are too many corporate organizations who are male dominating that do not support the working mother, that do not support the family oriented structure. Absolutely. So you have nearly a forty percent of women who are actively seeking to participate and be on licensure requirements. And although we do complete that a little bit quicker, they say it takes us about one and a quarter years sooner than males, we don't always maintain that licensure over time. We start to give up those three components, family, career, lifestyle. That to me is the ultimate end of all ending, right? So if we can't start at earlier ages, telling young girls they can do whatever they want to, here are the ways to do so. This is the education and curriculum that needs to continue in young grade schools, high schools, colleges, the workforce. Mm -hmm. So that everything can adapt to that standard. Because the workforce is so outbalanced that you're wondering why there's so many things called mom shaming or work mom shame. Because Mm -hmm. there's women who don't know how to support women. They are put in an impossible role. And a lot of that is due to the fact that household work is not 50-50 in most cases. Right. Gender equity even has increased in like a career stage over the last 10 years, but it's still underrepresented in most professions. And the Mm -hmm. gap, the gap is not closing at a frequency that we need it or a rate. No, you were absolutely correct. I was going to add to that and say, on average, did you know, um, women in the U.S. do about four hours of unpaid labor in household commitments every day, compared to men only produce 2.5 hours of the unpaid household work. And that's not to call out families and, you know, households who do do a 50-50 work, but it's just, it, this is statistically proven that we put a little bit more weight in that direction. Yeah, and it's just saying, like, what impact does that have on your life? Are you unable to stay at work late because you have to do that? Or like, you know, when you have these bigger commitments that leads into, you know, why don't we see more women in senior work roles? Um, Because there's this bias always, right? Correct. You know, we we talked about um, women in management, another thing that I'm reading off of equalitycantwait.com, a website to raise awareness, to close the gender gap. And it gives a lot of resources on how to take action, how to start conversations, how to understand it a little bit more, because these things are complicated. They're really not that easy to follow. You have to have a really broad picture to wrap your head around the severity of this issue and why it's important and why people need to pay attention to it. I mean, there's 80% of the jobs in this world are STEM-related. 15% of women are in engineering. That just says it right there. (laughs) There's only 15% women in engineering and architecture. This statistic is from the U.S. Bureau of Labor. And if if we kind of reverse this for a second before we get real specific to what Lauren and I are living through is that simply putting how we define terms like dream and imagination and exploration, it makes innovation and breakthroughs possible for women and for everybody, right? The earlier that we keep collaboration in in play, the earlier that we teach 21st century learning, 
the better that we can see the outcome for the economy, for the world, for yourself, for women, Mm -hmm. you know, the best kind of help for a child to grow is their brain. You know, knowledge is power. The insight that we have on our future requires young girls to imagine themselves as scientists, as software developers, dentists, mechanics, inventors, you know, anything. anything. They don't have to be limited to the, I'm going to say it, but the arts department. There's nothing wrong with wanting that dream. I'm in the arts department. It's the fact of the matter is like, there's not enough of the role model to symbolize and model good play. And the first step of supporting this next generation and closing the gap is to just be educated. Correct. And acknowledging and appreciating the girls for who they are. But this also goes, I would like to say, for young boys as well. I mean, we constantly tell them that they are smart and that they're capable, but like there are young boys who don't feel that they can do anything either because they are put into a similar box. You have to be a scientist. You need to be a doctor. You got to go for the firefighting. You know, there are young boys who want to be authors and ballet dancers, artists. There are other things out there that incorporate a very well-rounded in um, society. Absolutely. I think a key thing too is to like actively seek out areas that your child is interested in keeping them active keeping them desiring curiosity exposing them to different stories of different women and their struggle and their process Mm -hmm. we you know we we talked about that encouragement and we talked about gender stereotypes male-dominated cultures Um, having fewer role models and anxiety around these school topics are all factors that hold girls back from entering into STEM fields. And unfortunately, we as the grown-up of the room, we have to remove ourselves in order to engage in the younger generation. We need to be able to see the change and desire the outcome through educating ourselves supporting those people, actively challenging gender stereotypes, stimulating imagination and confidence building. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think also a question I have for you, Lauren, which I think is a big question that most of us have in this field is what can we do as people in the STEM STEAM field to make sure that we're doing enough for the younger generation? I think that's such a good question. What what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Because, you know, it's it's great to talk about these movements and to get educated and to read on them. But you need to be making an impact some way. You know, we're making a podcast. I personally am involved at my local high school to help with a high school robotics team. Am I the best mentor ever in the whole wide world? No. Am I representing women in engineering just by showing that women can be engineers and you better get used to having one around? Yes. So, you know, being educated, starting conversations in your workplace, starting conversations in your family. I honestly hate it when that's the answer. Like, I don't like reading about this and then having 
oh, just have a difficult conversation as the answer. Right. Then that's not like that's not my favorite. I want something tangible. But honestly, we have these gaps because people don't recognize it. So that is an important thing. And though it's hard, having some of these facts in the back of your mind while you're talking with your coworkers or your family or whatever is helpful. That's good. That's encouraging. You know, how else can you reach out to young girls that you know or in your community at schools? I try to do outreach whenever possible. And I I don't have a glamorous job. I don't work for NASA. I don't work at SpaceX and work with rockets. And it's so cool. You know, I make machine parts. It's really not that exciting. But guess what? To a second grader, to a middle school girl, they don't care. That doesn't matter. It doesn't right? matter. It's about the problem-solving thinking. It's about, do you like math? Do you like science? What's exciting? Doing experiments is fun. Um, So getting in that mindset of not limiting yourself, of saying that you're not good enough or whatever, being able to outreach and start with what you know, start in your community, and then expand. So this podcast is a way for us to expand. Yeah. And it's, it's a helpful way for Lauren and I to have these conversations together, right? Two yeah. minds are powerful together. I sent over our last episode to a teacher that I mentioned in the last episode, number six, Discovery. We talked about why Laura and I are in the STEM field. And he told us, he's like, absolutely, we're definitely going to partnership after COVID becomes less of a factor and school is in session and we can be in person with these young kids. And me and Lauren are going to go and we're going to talk about these subjects in a very simplistic way. But of course, conversation is not always easy to have because of the kind of dynamics that we were raised in, right? We come from very different families. These conversations might not be available to us. But we need to acknowledge that our bosses and managers, our brothers, our male friends, people who are in a position to help us need to be educated with these subjects. It's not just a global initiative because we decided that women need representation. No, it's a global initiative because we are not represented equally. We need to show the reverse effect of how we can make the world a better place by simply putting women at the table. Yes, and participating. And participating and actively able to participate without shame, without put down, without the fear of a consequence that shouldn't exist yeah. in the workplace. And that's that's why it matters. That's why you should care. If you're if you're thinking, why should I care? You know, I have male coworkers who are like, well, it doesn't affect me. Why should I care? That's why. Exactly. Because it doesn't this is affect why. people. And this is why you should care. This is why people should want to be an ally. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're in the movement of allyship and a lot of caring about the world means not always caring just about what's affecting your own circle. For sure. Lauren and I are not here to tell you how you need to have relationship, but we are here to show you that there is research that highlights the issues that prevents girls around the world like I said, from reaching their potential. Why would you want that for a young child? Nobody should. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great to talk about. You know, in this episode, we're, we're focusing on the dream gap. We're focusing on young girls growing into their future society. And I think in later episodes, 
we can kind of tackle some larger discussions about women in the workforce, the pay gap um, on a global scale for women. What does this look like and everything like that? But this has been a really great conversation. Absolutely. And I think those bigger conversations, Lauren and I can share some experiences that we have in this field, in our work environment, how we challenge those stereotypes, how we help ourselves. And it's not always easy, but in order for us to grow, we got to we got to do it. We got to try. We got to fail. If you need any of these resources, Lauren and I will link them in the description where you can find ways to help young girls continue to grow and challenge and inspire. Thank you again for listening. Please give us a thumbs up and a download <laughs> because it's really helpful. But you can tell through Lauren and I's conversation how passionate we are about this subject and many subjects to come. But Lauren, like we said in the beginning, I just love having these conversations with you because yes, I, I need women like you in my life so I can challenge these stereotypes and these boundaries. I like that we're doing this. I like that we're talking about it. You know, is it absolutely perfect? No. Maybe not, but it doesn't have to be. Right. Right. And I think part of having these conversations and part of you, you know, our listeners trying to implement these conversations and this education into their own everyday life, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know every detail. We're sharing to each other. We're learning from each other. Absolutely. So it's been great talking to you about Thank it. Thank you. I agree. I love talking to you about this. Send us an email about anything that you've experienced in this field. If you need more resources for your young daughters, cousins, nieces, nephews, whatever you need, Lauren and I can definitely help you and find some outreach for you as well. This has been another episode of The Oak View. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you again for listening to The Oak View. You can follow Lauren and Emma on Instagram at The Oak View Podcast, O-A-K-V-I-E-W Podcast, or email us at theoakviewpodcast at gmail.com. 